0: Hey, DM listeners, I've been running my own business since I was 17, and I found that nothing slows down entrepreneurs more than this one pesky question, and that's what do I do next? And left unanswered, you find yourself stuck far below your potential, jumping from one shiny object to the next, perpetually wondering why other businesses are growing and yours is stuck. So that's why Scalable has put together the seven levels of scale framework. We'll give you the shortest path possible to go from a struggling startup to a high profit, high impact exitable business. That'll give you the wealth and freedom you deserve. So stop wondering what to do next and take our free three minute assessment today at get scalable.com slash DM. That's get scalable.com slash DM. And you can download a free guide to show you what level of scale you're currently at and how you can scale quickly and profitably to the next. Coming up next on the digital marketer podcast.
1: It goes back to just the core of authenticity and Most people will say, well, I want to go talk about this, but everybody's talked about this a hundred times. Again, nobody's told it your way. Nobody's told your story. Nobody's told your perspective. So there's something new to be said. I always say that everybody knows something that is unique to them. Like nobody knows all of the same things. You know, things that I don't know. I know things that you don't know. We're all unique in that way. So speak up and tell your story. People, you never know who's going to be influenced by what you say and who it's going to really make a difference with. But repetition and authenticity and belief in yourself and your story. This
0: is Digital Marketing. Hey, DM listeners, did you know that you can generate leads from Instagram without using any landing pages or websites? If you're not sure what I'm talking about, Instagram actually allows businesses and influencers to set up automations to automatically capture leads through the Instagram inbox. So, this means that you can generate leads for your business all using 100% automated Instagram messages. And the good news is our friends at Bot Builders can show you exactly how to do it. They're an industry leader and these guys have landed some of the biggest clients in the world. So if you want to learn how to use Instagram automation to generate leads, go check out their free training at botwebinar.com. They'll show you exactly how it works, you'll see a live demo and also how you can start using their pre-built templates to start going after big clients yourself. Once again, that's botwebinar.com. <laughs>
2: Hello, and welcome to the Digital Marketer Podcast. I am your co-host, Mandy McEwen, and today I have a very special guest with me, my awesome friend, Rich Bracken. Hey, Rich. Thanks for joining us.
1: Hey, Mandy. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here.
2: Of course. So Rich is a global keynote speaker, emotional intelligence coach, a media personality, and he is also the director of strategic partnerships for Foundry, a custom software development firm. Rich has got all the things going on, and today we are going to talk about his journey in becoming a TEDx speaker and the value of storytelling. So, Rich, why don't you first give people just a quick rundown on you, what you're doing, and uh, then we can go from there.
1: Sure. So with all the hats that you gave me, I'm glad that I have an oversized noggin to fit them all on. (laughs) Um, me but, too. You no, know, really, I it's it is it's it's actually the same size. It's gigantic. I'm just going to say that. Um, <laughs> but, you know, honestly, about it was about seven years ago is when I really got into keynote speaking, um, really finding my own voice as a speaker and finding the topics that were really important to me that I felt had value to the audiences that I wanted to serve. And it came in in the same time that I was studying emotional intelligence for personal reasons to learn how to be a better person, be a better professional. Better individual, better, you know, better father, better husband. And it was all of these things all just kind of came together in this, this collision of serendipity that I wanted to become a speaker, but I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to talk about. And emotional intelligence became my aha light bulb moment because it is universally applicable. It's a wonderful topic. It applies to every single person in the world. So there's your target audience. Um, But really, (laughs) over the past seven years, I've just really, been honing my skill, practicing, speaking at more and more events. And I'd say in the last two years, it's really just exploded. I've done, you know, if if there's a silver lining to the pandemic, being able to do a lot of virtual events gave me a lot of practice, a lot of repetition. allowed me to hone my message. And now I'm speaking with Fortune 100 companies and speaking all over the world virtually. And then I'm going to be doing some traveling now that things are a little bit back to normal in 2022. There's a lot of really good stuff coming. And then the TEDx talk is, you know, that was a goal of mine, a huge, huge goal of mine that I've wanted to do for the past four years. And I made it, made it happen. So I'm excited for that journey as well. And it's been a fantastic journey with them.
2: Awesome. I love it. There are obviously a few things you've been doing to get to this point in your career. And so I'm curious uh, what those things are and what kind of led you to the success that you're experiencing now as a speaker. Can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Absolutely. I think the the number one thing that I would attribute the growth that I've seen over the last several years is what I would call authenticity and storytelling. And it's one thing that as I coach speakers as well, that I tell them that their story is unique to them. There's nobody else that can tell their story that can tell from their perspective. And I I had to get into the same thing because especially as you get going as a speaker and you're speaking about a specific topic, what happens? You get into this rabbit hole of comparison of, Well, I'm talking on emotional intelligence. Who else is talking on that? What are they saying? Are they more accredited than I am? Do they have more experience? And then you get into this imposter syndrome mentality of should I be doing this? Is this, you know, are people going to call me out on the carpet for not knowing or not speaking on this as long as I need to? But when I, when I come back to the core of why I wanted to do it, it's because it transformed my life. And that perspective is unique to me. Nobody else can tell that story. Like you could line Mm -hmm. up a hundred emotional intelligence speakers. We're all going to tell it from a different angle. So Mm -hmm. once I got past, kind of got over my own stuff and figured out that that story was important to me and was authentic to me, that's when the growth started happening. And you know me, but to the, to the audience, like the minute I get a hold of an idea, I'm like, okay, this is great. How do we take it to here? Like, how do we take it up a notch? How do we add a little bit more glitter on this, on this party and make it a little bit bigger? And so I started incorporating more entertainment elements because I spent 25 years as a DJ. I've worked in events myself, you know, so I'm, I'm always looking for that, that wow factor and how do I take it up a notch? So I interweave comedy, I interweave music. I've got a new keynote that I'm working on now that blends literally my emotional intelligence knowledge with my DJ experience. So it's going to be part keynote, part dance party, which is going to be insane. But it's it's really it gets back to the core of understanding who you are, understanding what your message is and believing in it no matter what, because that imposter syndrome will will grind you to a halt all day long. So that authenticity in the storytelling, I think, would be the number one thing that I would attribute it to.
2: I love that. So what would be your tip then to people who are a little bit timid about sharing their story? Like, how can they get over that and be vulnerable? I mean, I I preach this all the time, you know, and and. And how humanizing your brand, even for corporate, you know, companies is huge. And like someone needs to be, you know, telling even if it's a brand story or your personal story. But there's a lot of hesitance to some people, especially, you know, solopreneurs, speakers, authors, etc. And they're a little timid, they're shy. And so what would be your tip for them?
1: Just, I mean, it's repetition. It really is repetition. Repetition and belief in yourself and belief in what the story is that you have to tell. Whether you're a company trying to tell a company story, brand story. Or an individual trying to tell their story, whether it's through digital, social media, and or speaking, it's really important to to understand what your messages are. So if you want to talk about a topic, start asking, like, what experience do you have with it? And not just necessarily like research or educational experience, but real life experience. Because what I will say is that storytelling is the most impactful thing that you can do as a speaker. Because we have all been to those presentations where it almost sounds like Ferris Bueller's teacher up there with twenty-seven PowerPoints and you can't read any of them. And they're literally like, and I'm and they're reading all their bullet points, and you're completely like okay. looking at your phone going, Okay, what am I gonna do for the next 45 minutes so I don't have to be the one that gets up and walks out? Totally. And it really yes. is important for people to understand that those stories, that experience that you have in real life makes up what you're going to be telling in the presentations. Now, yeah, there's some legwork that you have to do to research the topic a little bit, but it's the stories that you tell within the content that are going to make all the difference in the world. And Mm -hmm. again, it goes back to just the core of authenticity. And most people will say, well, I want to go talk about this, but everybody's talked about this a hundred times. Again, nobody's told it your way. Nobody's told your story. Nobody's told your perspective. So Mm -hmm. there's something new to be said. I always say that everybody knows something that is unique to them. Like nobody knows all of the same things. You know, things that I don't know. I know things that you don't know. We're all unique in that way. So speak up and tell your story. People, you never know who's going to be influenced by what you say and who it's going to really make a difference with, but repetition and authenticity and belief in yourself and your story.
2: I love that. So what would you say about relatability? I mean, you know, they say when you get up to speak, you, you tell, you know, tell a story, but it has to be relatable to the audience. You can't get up and say something that is completely off base or doesn't, you know, doesn't ring true to them or something that could never happen to them. So I, I'm curious on your take on like relatability in storytelling.
1: Oh, absolutely. It's, it's one of the first things I teach when I teach people that are trying to get into present, present, uh, presenting or in, in speaking as I tell them, is that find an assimilation point, And that's at the front of the presentation. Now, what you may be talking about, it's going to be a relatable topic. Like when I talk about emotional intelligence, yes, it relates to everyone. But how can I bring my story and my emotion to you, meet you halfway and get you bought in on what I'm about to say? So it's things like, you know, have you ever felt like you're running on a treadmill and somebody's just tapping the speed up one by one and you feel your feet going faster and faster and faster? Doesn't that feel like the last two years? Like you've been, we've even though we've been at home a majority of the time, we've been working okay. longer hours. So we're getting more mm-hmm. burnt out. And when you say things like, do you, do you know what it feels like when? People can understand that. And instead mm-hmm. of me saying, I had a really rough day the other day, I felt very stressed out. People are being sympathetic, yes. not empathetic. Right. Because if I can say, hey, this is what this feels like. You're now thinking, oh my God, last Tuesday was the worst for me you've now met me at that assimilation point. And so now I become relatable with whatever I'm about to say. And at that that. point, I become also the solution provider. So I'm now Mm -hmm. going to be sharing things with you, Mandy, because I know like you're in there and you're nodding your head in the audience. Everybody, like you hit that assimilation point, you see the head nods and you see the people going, oh my gosh, yeah. And then there's usually somebody like, oh, Karen, you remember that one day, you know, and and people are in the audience and they're assimilating with you. And so once you get that point, you're like, Today is a day that we take that control back over that treadmill. We take back control over our calendars. We take back control over our personal and professional life. And this is how we're going to do it. You got them. You've got them Uh right then and there. Now you take them on the journey. But that relatability, because nobody wants to get up there and say, well, you know, I've got it all figured out. And this is how I'm successful. And this is what I do. Like you're immediately not relatable and you're kind of a jerk. So don't don't do that.
2: (laughs) Right. Right. And I feel like so many, Speakers like have sometimes missed the mark on that. Like they'll get up and tell their story and it's nothing like anyone else has experienced, you know, which is fine if that's your story, but that's not the place to to say it, you know. Or if you weave it in, then it needs you need to have something relatable after the fact, you know. Otherwise you're right. you're gonna lose them. Just like you said, like, oh God, how much longer do I have? They're gonna be on their phone, they're gonna be doing something. So it's key right. to to draw that in, and then that's going to attract more people. To want to continue to see you, which is kind of my next question of, you know, how, how did you get, you know, how long, I guess, should I say, did you want to be a TEDx speaker? And then did it take you to get here? And then like, just talk about your journey of like, your speaking engagements and like kind of mm-hmm. how you built up to this amazing goal that you just accomplished to be a TEDx speaker. I want you to kind of walk the audience through that.
1: Sure. So yeah, like I said at the, at the beginning, it's about a four year wish. And, and it was something okay. that I've been a big fan of the, the TED Talks and TEDx Talks, and I watch them for inspiration or I, I watch them to learn something new or get a new perspective on things. That's the point of it, right? Ideas that, that are worth sharing. And I, I realized that because of my passion for public speaking and, and wanting to be on stage and wanting to share and empower people, that was something that I really wanted to do for my brand, but also as a personal goal. And so I started off by researching, like, what does it take to be a TED speaker? What is it, you know, I bought all the TED speaking books and I read them all and figured out, you know, what what does it take and what their brand formula is and all these different things that that go into the preparation. But what it really boils down to is what story are you trying to tell? What are you trying to convey to the audience? And what are you saying that's different than anybody else? I will say probably the most humbling experience is that on my podcast, I had a TEDx speaker come on and talk about how, what her journey was. And I said, Hey, if you don't mind, I would, I would love it if we did the second half or the, the last quarter of the podcast. If you want to workshop this idea that I have, she's like, Oh, that'd be fun. So we did it live on my podcast where we talked about, and I was sharing my weight loss story and how I'd gone through depression and all these things. And she was like, yeah, that that's kind of boring. And so you can't, you can't take that personally. Like, yes, you want to huh. share your perspective, but at the same time, Um, and it's, it was a mentality that I had on the last question too, is that you're there to empower other people. You're there to give people an opportunity to learn, to explore themselves and to be better people because of what you're saying. So it's not about you. It's not about your, you know, moment in the spotlight. It's you're there to share the knowledge. And so I was telling her these stories and she was like, yeah, 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 uh, you know, big deal. Here's this It's very predictable, big whoop. Nobody's going to watch that. And you know, even if you get on it. the TED, chances are you are not going to get accepted to TED. But chances are, when if you do get accepted somewhere, nobody's going to watch that. Okay. And so I can't remember how we got into the conversation, but then I shared my lifelong obsession with becoming the host of The Price Is Right, and even to the to the point where I used to skip school, like I used to fake being sick from school to stay home and watch The Price Is Right because I was obsessed. That's from incredible. Like age five. and she goes, "Tell me more." And I was like, <laughs> "Okay," and she goes. We're on to something. Tell me more. And so I went through this whole, like, I laid it all out mm-hmm. said, this is what I did. And this is why I wanted to be the host. And she was like, did you ever want to be the contestant? I was like, no. And so we dug into the why of it. So to me too, that's a, that's a big thing. Like you can come up with a topic, but why is it important? Why is what you're trying to say important? What, what is the message you're trying to convey and what are you trying to give to people Because you know, if you're if you're lucky and you go viral with one of these things, you're gonna, you're tens and tens and hundreds of millions of people are gonna see this. So what are you giving them? And so in this deconstruction of my idea, we I mean, we destroyed the first one, and then we peeled the other one back a lot, and we found why I wanted to be the host, why it was important to me, what made me different, but then what message within that resonates? with the audience what are they going to be able to latch on to as well in this in this process but it's also because now the title of my ted talk is how bob barker saved my life and so she's like really people are going That's to read amazing. the title and they're going to click on it immediately like who wouldn't do that um so now I love so it. then it was the process of okay this is i honed the abstract honed the takeaways like wrote it rewrote it you know gave it to people for critiquing um So it's a very humbling process because you're getting a lot of feedback, but you, you know, you're not going to get many shots at something like this. Right. So I honed it, honed it, honed it again. And then finally went on the TED uh, website and they have a calendar of all the events globally. And you can search it by geography, date, all these things. So I just started looking at all these different organizations and where they were having it. And I started submitting and was, I was also submitting, but I was also starting to follow some of the TEDx sites that I really wanted to speak at. And in that, you start developing relationships with the team, with the staff. They get familiar with you because there are, there are thousands and thousands of people that submit TED Talks. So mm-hmm. even that relationship build is really important so that they, they're, you're on their radar. So they're not just blindly looking through all these submissions and trying to figure it out. Now, if you have a catchy title, that helps too. So you know, thanks, yes. Bob Barker, for, for helping me out here. But you know, it wound up being a situation where I submitted for the one that I'm going to do after the last year's speaker window closed. So it got into the system, but they were like, sorry, you know, we've closed the window. You know, thanks for submitting. I completely forgot about it. And then I think it was maybe two and a half months ago, I get an email on a Saturday of all days saying, congratulations, you've been accepted at this TEDx Wabash College event outside of Indianapolis. We're excited to have you. Like,
2: It's amazing. Am I You're like, what? Right now?
1: Like, is this, you know, I probably <laughs> just dated myself by citing punk but you know, is this like is somebody joking with me? Like this is not funny because in the email they had a typo that said it was 2021. I was like, Okay, really? Really? I'm gonna oh, get my so first you, TEDx you, acceptance and it's, it's right. Backdated? You could have okay, totally right.
2: thought it was like spam and I case.
1: did. I totally so I wrote him back and I was like, Hey, thanks. And I'm like, He's God let this be right? And I, said, <laughs> I wrote back and I said, "Hey, I think I'm so excited that I misread the date. Is it this year or next year? because March has already mm-hmm. passed. And they're like, oh, so sorry. Mm-hmm. It was a typo It's this year. We're so excited to have you. We're looking forward to it. And then i started the process. And so I'm right in the middle of the process right now, and the organize the organizers and the team are just dynamic. they're just they're yeah. amazing, amazing people.
2: Good. That's awesome. So is it a lot of work? like once you get accepted?
1: It is, you know, it's your face says it all. It's a lot of, well, it's a lot of humility. It's a lot of persistence, a lot of resilience. Like your idea is going to get rejected. I can't tell you how many that I probably submitted to at least 15 places and got rejected or never heard back and then wound up getting accepted by this one. So don't think this is going to be like, I mean, if you go one for one, all credit due. Like I completely will applaud you and I'll be in the front row for your presentation, but understand that it's going to take several times, understand that you're going to have to submit to multiple locations. You're going to have to plan on, you know, if you look at that calendar, plan something that's going to be about six, seven months out, you know, so that you can get into the speaker window that you can go to the website and get your stuff submitted. Um, But be really crystal clear. Why, you know, why is this important? Why is it different? Why is it unique? And find (laughs) that why, peel back those layers and find that why of why your message is so important.
2: I love that. And not only that, but like you have to stand out. I mean, it's becoming harder and harder to stand out anything with, with online, mm-hmm. right? Online marketing is, as a business owner, businesses, whether you're an enterprise or a small business owner or a solopreneur, I mean, you have to stand out. And mm-hmm. And I talk about this all the time, you know, in, in my trainings and my teachings is like, you have to find a unique angle that makes you stand out. And so your Bob Barker title is going to stand out, you know, right. like, I bet they haven't seen that before, you know, but you guys, especially with with something like this, with with TED Talks, TEDx, it's, you guys have to think outside the box and you have to get creative. And mm-hmm. the last thing people want to do is listen to some regurgitated speech that someone right. else has already done 500 times before in their own way, you know. Right. So it is taking that extra time to think about creative ideas. And that's why I love like what you mentioned earlier about how you were brainstorming with someone who who is, mm-hmm. you know, a TEDx speaker. And so Anytime you guys can brainstorm and bounce ideas off of people and get feedback without getting offended, that's key, right? Constructive right. criticism, you have to be able to take it. You know, you, you said it, like it requires a lot of humility, and your stuff's going to get rejected. People are going to tell you it's lame and boring, and you cannot take offense to that. Like, you just no. can't. You have to have a thick skin. You know, and so that's that's what I would encourage people to is to get creative and do things that stand out and do things that might make you a little bit vulnerable and maybe a little bit uncomfortable because it is something different than what you're used to doing. But that's what people want. You know, that's what they're craving.
1: Right. And and two, I mean, even though there, there are so many TED locations and so many people have done TED Talks over the years because it's grown in such popularity it is it's become more challenging to become unique but at the same time i go back to the original point of storytelling and and authenticity is that you're going to have something that you sit on and chances are like i mean my story is about my obsession with becoming a game show host for god's sake like i found a message within that And, and and again like to your point about humility and and resilience with it my original idea of my very personal story got destroyed i mean in real time got destroyed. And so that was a very humbling experience. So I I love what you said about being humble, understanding that you're not going to have the best idea the first time out. You're going to have to mold it and rewrite it and take take your time. But I promise you it's worth it. I promise, like all the frustration and how dare they, you know, that I gave my email inbox, like I was like scolding my inbox, like how dare you, you'll see one day, like dare you to reject me. Um, Uh You know, all of those are going to pay off. They're all going to pay off. The more you hone your message, the more you get feedback, the more you take the the advice of people that have either done it before or are, you know, public speaking coaches that can help you hone your message. And it also is really unique too, to take an idea and look at the, look at the kind of the, the against the grain question. If you look up Ted talks on YouTube and look at some of the, just the titles, you hear things like, you know what if, you know, what if the world was going to explode in 20 days? You know, okay, that's an interesting question. I'm curious. What is your thought here? So think Mm -hmm. about those questions that go against the grain of natural thought and Mm -hmm. ways that you can bring your topic into a question like that that make you stand out. Because again, think about that, you know, think, put yourself in the shoes of the people that are taking these submissions in and you're reading, you're trying to find something that's going to catch your attention in those titles. Find something unique, find something that hooks people, find something that As a unique question or a unique angle on something. And don't be afraid to explore it. It is going to be uncomfortable. It is going to be outside of your comfort zone. Just get ready for it. Because if you do, that's when it pays off.
2: Yes, totally. So how many, how much research of, and how many TEDx speeches did you watch before you started applying? Oh my gosh,
1: if I had a dollar, like for... (laughs) An unbelievable. I knew you would amount. say
2: that I had a, I had an idea that it was probably you lot. know
1: and I even got to the point like I got all the books I've I watched YouTube videos ad nauseum then I found out that there was an app on the Apple TV for Ted I was like oh perfect I'll just go re-watch that <laughs> you know binge watch Ted instead of Netflix and so I did I probably have watched at least 200 TEDx talks over the years wow just learning Crazy. from people listening to how they tell their stories some are really tragic some are really inspiring some are hilarious um there was one, uh, I think his name is Michael Jr. Uh, that I watched the other day. Brilliant. He's a stand-up comedian. He, was a, he did his TED Talk in Nevada. Brilliant presentation. All, and he told jokes, but he tied a message into it. And his messages <laughs> were fantastic. Very much worth the watch. But the more you watch, the more you understand the patterns and the, the kind of the standards that what TED wants you to bring to it. But when you look into it, you'll see all these unique ideas. But what I caution you on is don't look at those and think, oh, my idea is stupid, or nobody okay. wants to hear my idea. Yes, they do. Like if you strip all of those down, all the ones that have been done before to a, to a core concept, then it, it is really starting from a basic thought, and they're expanding on that. They're peeling it back, and they're asking against the grain questions. Don't be mm-hmm. afraid to challenge your own thought patterns, because that is where it opens up the,
2: the realm of possibility for you. Love it. Love it. Love it. And so when we are talking about social media, as it relates to building up your speaker profile, I want you to talk about how important do you think your own personal brand is. You know, I'm a personal brand nerd, right? This is, mm-hmm. this is my jam and, and I, right. you know, train sales teams on how to build their own personal brand. So I want, you know, I think it's incredibly important, but I want to hear from you, like how important has, social media and your personal brand been for your speaker business and the success. Paramount.
1: Absolutely. Like I can't even put a price tag on it and it's not far enough into first place that I can even establish a close second place because I think too, I think with social media in general, and this is, you know, B2B, B2C, individual brands, influencers, whatever, what have you, anybody who's got a presence online, it really is all about showing up consistently, showing up authentically. And understanding that you're telling your story all the time. And so when you see my posts, it's it's all me. It's, you know, a little across the board and it really depends on what's going on. But I'm, I try to be as authentic and real as possible. And the more I've gotten comfortable, because at first too, when you st- I feel like if you're not doing that, if you're doing things for the hashtags or the SEO, or you're doing things you're playing by the marketing playbook, but you're okay. missing the storytelling, you're missing the emotion, you're missing the reality of things.
3: and optimization for you too. So if you feel stuck when it comes to optimizing your website, go and visit conversionfanatics.com and they'll give you a list of custom suggestions to optimize your site 100% free. Once again, you can find them at conversionfanatics.com.
1: Then you're missing the boat on genuine followers and genuine people that you're going to interact with and genuine potential clients. Like I would much rather have 5,000 people follow me that are genuinely interested in me and genuinely interested in the content than 125,000 followers that could care less. I'm just another blip on their feet. That doesn't matter to me. And so that in of itself is really important. And people understand too, like there's nothing worse than the thought of saying, well, here's how I show up online. But if somebody books me and I show up and I'm this completely different person, Uh, you're, you're baiting and switching them you are almost catfishing okay. them in a way right so it's uh-huh. it's really important that you show up authentically and how many times have we have all of us looked at a post whether it's a sponsored post or somebody in our feed or somebody we start following and then their their message changes a little bit they're like oh my god if i see one more post out of them or they're like hey look at my cool my cool car that i got with my sales funnel sign it for my class now you know it's you know it's that yep. kind of crap that you're like i understand people have to have to establish their business i get it but there's a level of, of balance between marketing appropriately and being authentic and being real. And I got so sick. That's why I started my podcast, because I got so sick and tired of seeing people on, on social media like, oh, look, I just started my marketing firm two weeks ago, and now I'm moving into this $1.5 million mansion because I'm so successful. Like, that's uh-huh. not reality. The reality and the relatability is in the growth, is in the questions, is in the struggles, is in the failures, is in the the learning everybody can relate to that because we've all been there. So I, I, you'll see me post about my failures. You'll see me post about my struggles. You'll see me posting positive, inspirational quotes. They're for me a lot of the times. And I'm just, I'm just sharing them because they're helping me. And if they can help somebody else all the better, but it's all about that relatability. It's all about being consistent and very, very authentic posting and content and,
2: and relatability. Definitely. Yeah. I think, continuing just to share parts of your life, you know, um, whether and that's a comfort level. Everyone is, is has different comfort levels on what they share. But I think, you know, showing up authentically and showing the real human behind the professional goes a long way. And so I do feel like it is paramount for anyone who is trying to do what you're doing and, and the speaking mm-hmm. realm or really anyone in business in general, let's get real, to have a personal <laughs> brand and to post consistently and to show up. And just like you said, to be authentic. I mean, there's nothing mm-hmm. worse than You know, just like you said, a person showing up on the face of social media one way and then you work with them and it's a completely different beast. You're like, wait, who are you again? You know, like, that's not what we want. Like, you need to be your real genuine self 24 seven offline, online, behind the scenes, everything. And so when you can do that, people people see that, you know, they see that you're authentic and they, they gravitate towards you because everyone craves authenticity. And when you can help people in a way that's authentic and uh, engaging and maybe mm-hmm. entertaining, I mean, there's nothing better than that. I mean, you've won, right? Now you just have to figure right. out what you want to do and how to monetize it. But like, that's what wins uh, right. right now, whether it's a brand, a personal brand or, or a company brand, that authenticity coming from a place of value and being real Mm-hmm. is what's winning the game and it's what people want.
1: Yes. So I'm absolutely. so glad you brought that up. And I couldn't agree anymore.
2: Awesome. Well, Rich, thank you so much. This has been great. I know we could talk for hours and hours about all the lovely things you do and uh, speaker tips and whatnot. And, and we will. We will continue the conversation later. But thank you so much for coming on the Digital Marketer Podcast today. Is there any final tip that you want to leave anyone with?
1: Oh my gosh. I have a whole bag of them. Like Santa's got (laughs) presents. I would say, you know, know, honestly, again, like don't be afraid to step into who you are authentically. Um, You at your core, that's what people need to hear and see. And I can't tell you how valuable it's been for me. Once I started doing that, the outreach that I get, the people that reach out and say, Hey, I needed to hear that, or I'm going through the same thing, or I appreciate this because I'm going through this. And most of the times it's people that I didn't think had anything going on in their lives that they needed support on. So okay. I think that in of itself, from a, from a value in a brand standpoint, but from a value in relationship standpoint, is so, so important. And it's something that will completely differentiate who you are as an individual, online, in person. Um, but it is it is so important and so critical to be as authentic and truly who you are. I mean, if you are a bourbon-sipping, heavy metal-listening guy, um, yes. yeah, but it happens to love emotional intelligence and wanting to support people and have them live positive lives. That's who, that's what my brand is. So I think mm-hmm. that is important to own every little bit of it. So I, I think everybody this week should sit down and just write out a list of descriptors of who they are. Who are you? What do you like? What are words that describe you? That's your brand. And are you living to that or not? And if you're not make the change as quickly as possible.
2: Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Well, thank you so much, Rich. Tell the audience where they can find you if they want to connect.
1: Absolutely. You can find anything and everything about me and all my hats that I wear on my big head at richbracken.com. You can also learn more about our company at foundrymakes.com.
2: Great. Well, thank you so much, Rich. And thank you guys for listening. If you found this episode valuable, please share it and we will be talking to you soon. Thanks so much. Thanks.